Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Mental Golf Show. As always, I'm your host, Josh Nichols. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the U.S. Mid-Amateur. On the day this is released, the first day of practice rounds are happening right now at the 2023 U.S. Mid-Am at Sleepy Hollow. No, I'm not there. And yes, I'm extremely jealous. But I want to take this episode to talk about the mentality that it takes to get good enough to play in a U.S. Mid-Am and then also make it all the way to the finals. Now, I know what you might be saying. This episode must not be for me. There's no way I could ever get that good, or I don't like setting goals like that, or I don't have that kind of time. I think this episode is more than just about achieving this one specific goal. It's more about becoming the type of player that you aspire to be, no matter what that level is. Mine might be different than yours, and theirs might be different from yours, but that doesn't mean you can't get better and improve towards your goals. As some of you have heard me talk about, I made it to the finals of the 2017 U.S. Mid-Am. That's getting farther and farther into the past, but the process I used to get there has solidified over time. And if you're actually currently playing in the U.S. Mid-Am and you're listening to this, Maybe this can help you pace out your days and hopefully your long road to the final. And you have to promise me something. If you make it to the final like I did, you got to give the Mental Golf Show a shout out. Okay, before we get into this episode, if you feel like you need one-on-one work on your mental game, that's what I do. Yes, I host this podcast, but my actual occupation is working with players all over the world on their golf psychology. If you like these Golf Thought Thursday episodes, this is the exact type of stuff that I work on with players. These kind of topics, these kind of, uh, this, the process that I'm the same guy, right? That does this podcast that also does mental coaching one-on-one sessions. So if you'd like to take the next step to improve your mental game, then send an email to mentalgolfshow at gmail.com, or you can visit my website, joshnicholsgolf.com. Or if you'd like a less formal intro to mental coaching, you could take the mental game assessment. It's a 15-minute questionnaire that'll give you your mental strengths and your biggest area for mental improvement. It's a great resource to start working on your mental game. And the best part, it's free. The link to everything that I mentioned will be in the show notes of this episode. All right, let's learn how to get good enough to make it to the finals of a U.S. Mid-Am. In 2016, I was a floundering amateur golfer who was lost and hopeless. I really didn't know what I was doing with my golf game. I was coaching myself, filming my own swing, assuming I knew what was best for my game. I'd go to the course and just make a decision of what to work on based purely on the emotions of what I was feeling that day. And for me, that almost always turned out to be hitting lots of balls and grinding on my technique. I've got countless swing videos from that time period. And the worst part is... I think I was making myself worse through what I was doing. I was like hammering in bad habits. But because I was stubborn, I would double down on what I was working on after playing bad instead of stepping back and taking a more thoughtful approach to how I was going to improve. It wasn't until a friend who was a better player than me kind of grilled me on my golf goals. And he questioned how I could possibly expect to accomplish them on my current trajectory. The goals I had at the time was first and foremost to play pro golf. That's what I wanted my career to be. And then as stepping stones along that path was to play well in local tournaments, state level tournaments, and then ultimately in USGA events. 
I wanted to qualify for USJ events. Because I had just turned 25, a big one for me was qualifying for the US Mid Amateur. So in the conversations I had with my friend, he helped me realize that if those are my goals, the way I was running my golf life didn't line up at all. It boiled down to three things that he made me realize was wrong with my current process that I would need to change in order to reach the goals I had set. The first one is my the facility that I was using. The second one is playing with good players. And the third one is swing instruction. So first off was the golf course facility that I was a that I was playing and practicing on, on a regular basis. In 2016, I was working at a little public public course where I got to play free golf and I had a range membership over at another little public course. The courses were fine. They weren't egregiously bad, but when I would go play higher level amateur events, I would be completely out of my element. The greens would be faster. The yardage would be much longer and the general higher quality of the courses, they would basically intimidate me. There was a small part of me that liked being part of a small public course. I sort of had a chip on my shoulder that I was going to show all of you up despite my humble background, but that was more than outweighed by all the other factors where I was completely unprepared. So I bucked up and shelled out the money and joined a private club near my house. This course had a great range with good range balls, a phenomenal short game facility, lightning fast firm greens, and a great 7,000 yard golf course. It checked all the boxes for what I needed to prepare me for playing tournament golf. And I think most importantly was the course was really difficult. It was above my skill level. So I had to improve to be able to play on it. This basically forced me to get better or I'd always be struggling. Every time I went out, I'd shoot uh, 78, which for me compared to where I wanted to go is not good enough. So the course difficulty in and of itself molded me into a better player. So now when I went to play in tournaments, I wasn't intimidated or out of my league or unprepared. I actually felt overprepared, almost like I was playing down to the level of the courses I was playing in tournaments. And of course, all of the other facilities at the course being high quality, those allowed me to practice all the different facets of my game in a quality way. So the second way that me and my friend talked about that I needed to change my uh, goal-reaching process was needing to play with better players. Back in 2016, as I said, I was I was going out to little public golf courses. So when I played golf, it was with mid to high handicappers, you know, just buddies and friends and old guys <laughs> with lots of drinking and gambling happening. These types of groups can have their value, of course, and there was some pressure to perform at times. Don't get me wrong, but generally speaking, these were not the type of players that I aspired to be my golfing peers. Because my ultimate goal was pro golf, and in the shorter term qualifying for USJ events, spending time with golfers who frankly weren't very good golfers was holding me back. You've heard the phrase, you're the average of the five people you're around the most. Well, according to that logic, I was probably averaging out as pretty below average, especially below the level that I wanted to be at. Now, this isn't to disparage playing golf for fun or with players who aren't as good as you or playing at rinky-dink courses. Trust me, that's where I grew up. That's my roots. I love playing little public courses that are like not that great. But something I always say is you need to match your effort to your goals. And if you aren't, then you're going to wind up frustrated. So either you need to raise the level of your effort or lower your goals and expectations. Either way, they need to match. 
I now I didn't want to lower my goals, so I had to raise my effort. And that meant surrounding myself with better players, which the private club that I joined also had its fair share of. So not only was I playing a more difficult course, but I was playing against players that consistently kicked my butt. This again forced me to improve because the last thing I wanted to do was lose because I wasn't good enough to keep up. So over time, I became the average of the golfers I played against on a regular basis. And because I was also playing in higher level tournaments, my average continued to rise. Playing better and more difficult tournaments is a forcing function because you'll see how other good players do it. It'll, it'll force you, right? You won't kid yourself about how good you are. You're going to get slapped right in the face. You can do one of two things when you get slapped in the face. You can decide that this sucks and it isn't for me, or you can turn the other cheek and say, I dare you to slap me again. And what that means is leaning into the difficulty and getting better. Playing against better players can do either one of those things to you. So I personally chose to lean in. I personally chose to raise the level of my effort, to choose to continue to get slapped in the face as a way to force me to improve. So the third and perhaps biggest change I made as a result of the conversations with my friend was starting to work with a swing instructor. And I say swing instructor like all he did was help me work on my swing. I started working with Robert Limville out of Precision Golf School, and he did much more than just help me with my golf swing. The longer I worked with him, the more we moved from mechanics and technique to strategy and planning. He developed a system for planning and tracking practice rounds, competitive rounds, before he started working with me, and he invited me to jump into that program. What Robert's system brought into my life was a way to structure all the time that I was spending. Instead of floundering, I began setting out at the beginning of the day with a plan for what I was going to do and tracking what I was doing throughout every part of the day. Not only did this lead to better practice, it gave me more motivation to get to the course and get to work because I knew what I was going to do before I ever even got there. I can't speak to what everyone needs in their specific lives and golf game, but I would venture to guess that most of you and most of us instinctively lack direction in our work ethic. Now, maybe you work hard and maybe you have a ton of energy, but if you don't know where you're channeling that energy, then that energy could very well end up going to the wrong thing. Think about this. What happens when you're driving somewhere and you don't know where you're going or how to get there? You end up wasting a lot of gas. That gas is your creative energy. If you don't know where you want to channel your creative energy, a lot of it will go to waste. This was a huge part in helping me improve my golf game at a more rapid pace than I'd ever improved before. But it taught me an even bigger lesson, to always have a plan and to be dedicated to it. Because without it, I floundered. So these things, these three things were the biggest changes I made going from no clue to what I was, uh, uh, of what I was doing to actually addressing the areas I needed to fix. And it had a direct impact on my game. And pretty quick, I qualified for the 2016 U.S. Mid-Am at Stonewall at 25 years old. I showed up and played poorly because I felt out of my league. I felt like I didn't belong. So I got slapped in the face by how good the other players were and how tough the course setup was. Now, I could have easily decided, maybe I'm not cut out for this. There's so many good players. Who am I to think I could compete on that level? But I went the other direction. 
I learned what I needed to work on and I got to work on it using my three big changes. Plus, if you've ever played a USGA event and and maybe some of you have, they are addicting. They're they're the next level. They're so just so well run in my opinion and I've played, I don't know, six or so of them. That they're awesome. I I can't wait to get back to them. I I can't imagine a person that would say I I you know, I don't want to. This isn't for me. I can't even imagine that. But you still need to lean in. I still chose to lean in despite getting slapped in the face. So I used what I learned and I got back to work. So over the next year, I poured myself into the process of improvement. Working with my instructor, Robert Limville, I had a plan for how to practice and use my time. And I had bought into that process so fully that I got to a place of acceptance that anything could happen in this event and I will be okay. I could snap hook this out of bounds and I'll be okay. I could miss the cut and I'll be okay. And that was all because I knew I was a work in progress. Now zoom forward, I qualified again for the US Mid-Am in 2017 and this time it was at Capital City Club just north of Atlanta, Georgia. Now I'm at the height of my golf game. I had just been practicing solid for 14 months working on this one process. But most importantly, I'm at the height of my ability to accept any outcome. I had met my now wife earlier that summer, and what she helped me realize was anything can happen at this event and I'll be okay. We've all heard of this kind of perspective shift, but it truly worked for me. I I, I truly had that experience. But in addition to that, I had also done lots of my own reading and learning on acceptance as a concept and and the idea of being indifferent to the result. I was able to get to a place that the result will be what it will be, and I'm just going to play and let it happen. So when I was playing in the 2017 U.S. Mid-Am, I was able to just let it go. No, I didn't perfectly free up and feel completely relaxed. On the contrary, I was stressed and nervous and wondering what people would think and comparing myself to others and knowing I'm on this path towards playing pro golf. Every tournament matters. I I have to have something to show to potential sponsors. So I felt all of these all, all of these thoughts and pressures. But the key thing was I didn't fight these feelings. I let myself feel these ways and be okay with them. I played golf while feeling stressed and nervous and all the feelings that come with a big tournament with consequences. I was able to have a better relationship with what the consequences and the thoughts and feelings meant. So when I had a match that had a lot of pressure, I had all of these things that I had put work into over the last 14 months. There's there's eight of them. So number one, I had been practicing and playing at a great tough golf course with great facilities. Number two, I had been playing against players that were as good or better than me. Number three, I had been receiving high-quality swing instruction. Number four, I had been working a highly effective practice plan based on stats in a very disciplined way. Number five, I had been going to the gym and improving my nutrition. Number six, I had been increasing my awareness for when I would start to experience pressure and nerves and negative thoughts. Number seven, I had been improving my ability to be able to see shots and results for what they were rather than what I wished they were. And number eight, I had gotten to a place where I could say anything can happen here and I will be okay and believe it. So when I stepped up to compete in the stroke play portion of the mid-am, then the round of 64, 32, 16, 8, 4, then the final 
I wasn't just winging it. I had truly worked on every part of my game. The aggregate of all of these is how I was able to step up and just let it go. That's how I made it to the final of a U.S. Mid-Amateur. All right, everyone, hope you learned a thing or two about dedicating yourself to a holistic process to improve your game. You might not be able to put in the same type of effort, but that doesn't mean you can't improve your current effort level in some way by paying more attention to how you use the resources at your disposal, or if you should maybe upgrade or add to your current resources. Now, if you like this episode, you'd probably also like a couple episodes that I've uh, released about practice. The first one is simply titled The Practice Episode with Paul Mendel. It was released on February 6, 2023. We just really, like, we talked wall to wall about practice, and he, Paul, has a lot of, a lot of really cool thoughts about practice that I, I know you'd enjoy that one. Or a more recent episode titled Golf Thought Thursday, Plan Your Practice the Right Way, which was released on July 20th, 2023. That was me doing a solo episode about just about practice. So I highly recommend you go check those out. Those are right along these same lines. And as I always mentioned at the end of these episodes, what you've heard isn't therapy. It's meant for information and entertainment purposes only. If you feel like you need personal help on some deeper things you're going through, I encourage you to go talk to a licensed professional. But on the golf psychology front, if you feel like what you've heard doesn't quite cut it and you'd like to work one-on-one with someone, I'm a golf psychology coach. I work with players all over the world on improving their minds so they can improve their performance on the course. If you'd like to get in touch with me, feel free to send an email to mentalgolfshow at gmail.com or you can visit my website, joshnicholsgolf.com. Or again, if you'd like a less formal intro where you don't even need to talk to me at all, you could take the mental game assessment. It's a 15-minute questionnaire that will give you your mental strengths and areas for improvement. And again, the best part is it's free. The link to everything will be in the show notes of this episode. All right, thanks again to everybody who listens to The Mental Golf Show. Whether you're new here or you've been here since day one, I really appreciate the community that you have been a part of building. If you've learned something on this episode, go subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Maybe mention the biggest thing that you've learned or the biggest way that you've changed your game from listening to the podcast, of course, underneath those glowing five stars that you leave. And I would love it if you shared this episode with a friend who's like me and they have no clue what they're doing with their golf career. Okay, thanks for listening to The Mental Golf Show. I'm Josh Nichols, and I will catch you guys next time.